Hello, you're listening to Get Mouthy, the podcast from the Head and Neck Cancer Foundation. I'm Michelle Vickers. Join me as I chat with some of the most interesting people I know who are all linked in one way or another in the fight against head and neck cancers, either personally or professionally. So hello everybody. Um, today I'm here with Jackie and Gail who are from Aura Leaves clinical team. And for those who don't know, but I'm guessing a lot of our listeners will know, Aura Leave makes products for dry mouth relief, which we know is so common um, for head and neck cancer patients. And I know um, their clinical team knows all about dry mouths and will be able to, I know you guys will be able to give us some great insights and advice. And also as we're coming up to Christmas, when we're recording this, it's uh two three days before christmas so it'd be nice to discuss some seasonal issues for patients because that's actually a question i get asked a lot as christmas dinner and um uh comes along and also the cold weather so first of all thank you so much for joining us as i say so near christmas time um and uh i i i guess it's sort of all year round this is an issue for people you know um a sort of dry mouth symptoms symptoms so for listeners who might not know and I don't think there'll be many but why do head and neck can- head and neck cancer patients get dry mouth syndrome what's the reason why they might have it um mainly um a, a lot of head and neck cancer patients have to go through um the grueling process of radiotherapy um, and it's often the radiotherapy that causes damage to the salivary glands and the way that they react um um, and their receptors, which is why they have a change. Sometimes it can be a change in the composition of saliva, so what it's made up of and um, and how it produces. And, and at the times it can be due to the, because of the flow and the change in flow. Yeah. So why do we, why do we need saliva? Like, why do we need it? I mean, it's a silly question, I guess, really. But I should say that was Gail. So why do we need saliva? Saliva is really, really important for a number of different things, really. It's very protective, so it helps protect us against things like tooth decay and gum disease and mouth infection. So it's continually protecting and it's buffering and washing away acids on our teeth and things like that as well. Um, More than anything, I think it just keeps us really comfortable. You know, it's lubricating continually so that we get a comfortable experience when we're eating and when we're talking. Um, So if we're without it, it can be really uncomfortable and debilitating and really affect our quality of life. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of thinking back to when I've had times where I've had like a really sore throat or something or woken up after a serious night before and had a really dry throat <laughs> and what that feels like. So I can only imagine how awful that must be. It's not yeah. until you don't have that flow yeah. that you always have that you suddenly realise how important saliva is yeah. and what it does for you. I think it's the simple pleasures in life, isn't it? I think I class the simple pleasures in life as eating, sleeping and talking. And a lack of saliva can affect all of those areas. But also, interestingly, it affects the health of your mouth as well, which is really interesting. So people listening might think, well, why don't you just sort of drink water? You know, why don't you just drink some liquids? Why is that not a solution? So when you drink water, you get that initial, oh, that makes it feel better. But it's gone very, very quickly. One of the important things that we really try to emphasize is that if you continuously sip water, what you're doing is washing away what good saliva you have got there, Mm. the proteins and the enzymes and all that that goodness that helps protect us. And you're washing that away continuously. If you add products in um, which have the proteins and the enzymes and replicate our natural saliva, it helps build that um, defense mechanism against those diseases. Yeah. So this is just a, a thought that I've had. Once you've had 
damage to your salivary glands can that can it ever come back or is it is that it once it's done you're done it can improve over time and sometimes acupuncture can help um but um i i see improvements in people over the first year after treatment um but often um they will still be left with uh, either a reduction in saliva flow or the change in composition which does make life more tricky yeah and so what types of relief can people have from dry mouth what sort of what what where can they go what do they do well, there's a, you know, a huge range of different products on the market out there for dry mouth or relief is one of them. Um, and we recommend relief products such as dry mouth gels and sprays or relief. We do, as or relief as a company, we do a dry mouth gel and a dry mouth spray. Um, yeah. And the gel can really last ages in the mouth if, if they use it correctly. Ah. So if it's used correctly um, and massaged in. So if you think about sort of massaging in a hand cream, we want to really mm. sort of rub in the, in, the, in the gel, sorry, to the mouth. So it really sinks in deeply. And it yeah. can give them sort of up to about eight hours relief from the dry mouth. So, Fantastic. you know, if it's with water, obviously, you're going to be sipping it constantly. If you're applying a gel and it's lasting that long, it's you're not going to have to think about it for that long. And it's, it's going to last you a nice long time. So, um, you know, we can we can help the condition in, in that way. Um, there's lip balms and mouth rinses and things within the range as well that can all really help. Um, other than that, I think Gail mentioned acupuncture. Um, using a humidifier in the bedroom overnight. Lots of patients find that dry mouth can be worse overnight. So we found that using a humidifier can work quite well. Um, Chewing sugar-free gum, um, sugar-free sweets, stress the sugar-free there, um, just to sort of help stimulate those salivary glands as much as possible. But, you know, sometimes patients get relief from those things. I don't know if Gail's got anything to add to that. And when patients have had their Gail, we've got anything to add to that. Sorry, I was just going to say, when patients have had their, when patients have had their, whenever they've had their treatment, you know, whichever, whatever it is that causes them then to have this, do, are there, do their practitioners tell them about all of this, you know, about these products out there? Are they, is that sort of, is something that they would recommend them? What I'm, what, worrying and wondering about is our patients just sort of left to sort of like here you go there's you've got a dry mouth now off you go sort of thing what happens like is there do they have any sort of therapy or treatment or counseling uh, during this process so that they can learn about this so what tends to happen is they are told of like the side effects of the treatment that they're going to have but they have so much information to take in in one time and also when you're talking about head and neck cancer treatment that treatment happens quite quickly after diagnosis because that mm. cancers can move fairly quickly. So um, there's an awful lot of information, a lot of stages that they have to go through before they have all that treatment. And I think they can only take in so much in one go. So yeah. I often see um, I often see people before they go on to um, have surgery or radiotherapy or chemotherapy, um, and I will give some information but often that is lost in all the other information yeah. that they have to take in um, and it's not until they start to get symptoms afterwards that when they come into me it's often the first thing they say when they walk in the door is my mouth is so sore and I've got ulceration and I've got this um like thick secretions on my lips and I don't know I don't know why they're there mm. um, and then we go through it because it's more real to them at that time um, once they're um, experiencing the symptoms um, and they've got through that initial stage of treatment. 
Yeah, because I think this is it's quite a common thing when we talk about even like nutrition. And yesterday we were talking about yoga to help with um, patients, you know, uh, in recovery that I think quite often you're so focused on just getting rid of the cancer, you know, yeah. that the sort of the what the what next. I think, um, you know, we spoke to a surgeon a while ago and he was sort of saying, you know, it's almost too daunting to tell patients you're going to have this treatment, then afterwards, you're going to have dry mouth, you may have dental issues, you may, you know, that's such a, that's such a big, long journey. Whereas I think, in your mind, you're thinking, well, I'm just going to have chemo or whatever it is. And then that'll be it. I'll I'll be done. And I'll be well again, you know, life will be as normal. And I think it is a lot for people to take in. And I think, quite often, um, it is just overwhelming, isn't it? Some people, I'm the sort of person, I'd want to know it all. But I know a lot of people don't want to know, do they? They kind of like, let me just get over this one bit, then I'll get over the next bit, you know, and then the next bit. Um, so it's great that you offer that, but people then often quite come back to you afterwards. And so those sores and uh, things in their mouth, is that caused by this lack of saliva? Can that be caused by lack of saliva? So you can get mucositis, which is, um, it's like a breakdown of the, the, the cells of the um, mucosa in the mouth. And that can often happen while they're having radiotherapy. And it takes a while for that mouth to recover afterwards. So that's like the initial part of it. And that does have dry mouth within that and ulceration. Um, but yeah, often people will have ulcers and sores after that. Um, and that's often because of the friction. They haven't got that lubrication anymore. Mm-hmm. From yeah. the saliva so um just slightly moving the mouth um can be extremely painful mm. okay do you know when I was about oh, I must have been in my mid-40s I had braces I had double track I had tracking on top and bottom <clears throat> and my mouth was just ripped to shreds on the inside of my mouth top and bottom was the inside of my mouth was just ripped to shreds and it was I cut it was all consuming just to have cuts in my mouth the whole time until your mouth gets used to it obviously having braces on you know but I can remember it was just such a depressing thing not wanting to eat or do anything just because it was so my mouth was so painful so I can only imagine what it's like if you've had a you know if you've had a head and neck cancer there so whilst we're in this at the moment I'm looking out the window it's pouring down with rain and it's really cold out does the cold weather affect because can the cold weather affect um your sort of saliva reproduction yeah, so I think we may notice it more in winter because I think cold air sort of, you know, carries less moisture than warm air. So perhaps we do notice it more in the winter. Yeah. Having said that, in the hot weather in the summer, we can really notice it as well. So I don't think there's any yeah. sort of particular evidence linking, um, you know, a worsening dry mouth with the winter. But I think perhaps we notice it more. You know, we find that our lips dry out more as well. Um, mm. And we may indulge in sort of more caffeinated hot drinks and things like that that may worsen the dry mouth because we know really? that caffeine has a has a negative impact we know that it can dry the mouth out further um, wow. alcohol. and of course at this time of year we're, we're perhaps drinking more alcohol and things like that yeah. as well. so um, and to that point we obviously need to think about protecting the teeth more as well um, yeah. but I think you know generally we just may notice it more yeah. in the winter because we, you know we're, we're feeling sort of drier overall and colder overall and so you mentioned there about, you know, this time of year, people eating and drinking and everything. And I remember we've got a really amazing Facebook support group, actually, who just they're wonderful people. They just chat to each other about their symptoms and sort of use, you know, they, they quite often have little hacks and things that they share with each other. And I remember the first year that we had the support group and it was coming up to Christmas time and someone was saying, you know, I really want to eat Christmas food, but I can't swallow it. It was a 
thing of swallowing it mm-hmm. and they were like you know could I just chew it and spit it out sort of thing and people were like yeah you can just do that you know chew it, mm-hmm. it if you want to participate in this sort of Christmas thing and I remember thinking isn't that awful that you'll sort of want to sit with your family and that's what they were saying I don't want to be spitting out food when I'm sitting around the table with my family or struggling you know when I've got my fa- when I'm with my family so as food is such a huge part of Christmas um what can people be doing to help themselves? You said about alcohol drying out, you know, drying out your mouth. So are there some sort of good do's and don'ts for around Christmas time? Well, I think, I mean, you don't want to limit yourself completely. Things like alcohol are very enjoyable and things like that for some people. Um, so, I mean, I don't know what Gail's thoughts are on this, but sometimes I um, I just recommend rinsing with water afterwards. Um, just, yeah, just really sort of looking at sort of caffeine and alcohol um, in terms of food I think it's about just sort of going for softer foods you know smothering the Christmas dinner in gravy just to really moisten the foods and make it softer and also make it a cooler as well make sure that it's at room temperature before eating because that can be really uncomfortable spicy salty foods can be quite aggravating as well um, for a dry mouth um, so I think, I think that's really much- as well Meats as well are a real problem for people. Um, so maybe go more for the vegetables that have moisture within them, things like that. Um, and as Jackie said, yeah, water, lots of water. Maybe applying a product before you go to eat as well. So rubbing it in so you've got that release of oxygen and water molecules before you even try to mm. eat. But that's interesting. So basically what you're saying is sort of moist food. You know, I was yeah. thinking about, I was thinking about, the sort of toughness of food and things like that but what you're saying is actually food that has got moisture in it so like your nice little brussels sprouts and things like that you know like let you say custard and gravy things that have moisture in them will really yeah. help people at christmas time yeah. so that's that's um really good to know so i one want i'd love to people to find out how can they find out i suppose there's two elements here one is about your products and how can they find out about them and how they might help them but two where do they go if any of our listeners are are listening to this going you know I'm at my wits end with what's going on with my mouth and I don't know who to speak to so first of all I suppose who should they speak to where should they go and who should they speak to about their symptoms so initially um obviously the cancer support nurse um who helps you through your process is really great to talk to and they have a lot of advice and a lot of um guidance as to where to go to and also dietitians um, but those specialists um, are absolutely fantastic and always open to, to questions um, and giving advice. But Oralief, um, the reason why I, I work for Oralief is that um, I love their products, but I also love the support that they give. They give support to um, patients, but they also give support to professionals as well. Um, and so they're always on the end of the phone. They've got a fantastic website with an awful lot of information that you can go on and find out for yourself. But you can either email them, chat with them, you can give them a call. There's always someone on the end of the phone who will give advice. They're fantastic. That is fantastic. So just tell us now your your details, your website and things like that. So we've got our website, yourrelievedirect.co.uk. Um, they will send out patient samples as well. So if patients want to try the products that, you know, they can they can get a sample sent out to them. That's absolutely fine. Um, and as Gail mentioned, there's a lot of information and resources on there. Um, yeah. So the website will have all the sort of the ordering details and things like that. So all relief can be purchased through or relief directly and also yeah, through yeah. Amazon um, and in some Lloyd's chemists as well on the high street. So widely available. Yeah. Um, but 
it's really important, I think, to visit the website because there are videos on there on how to apply the products as well, yeah. which is really important. And that, will there be some products that are more suitable for some people than there are for others? Like, Gail, Absolutely. do you think, yeah, do you yeah, think so you some would recommend will, one for yeah, one? Yeah, some people will prefer to use the spray. Um, other people will prefer the gel. It just depends on, on the individual, really. Um, we also have a mouthwash, which I absolutely love. It's like they've got all sorts of real viscous kind of feeling to it. Um, I recommend that after lunch, so you get that release of enzymes for the, for the afternoon. And then we have a toothpaste as well, which um, doesn't have any sodium lauryl sulfate um, and doesn't have, um, it has a really low flavour, has the right amount of fluoride. So we take the, kind of take the irritants out, leave the good stuff there. Um, and that has the enzyme system too. So you may find for some people that the toothpaste in the mouthwash is enough for them um, to get that balance through the day. But other people may want to use the gel and the spray as and when they want to use them too. So it depends on the level of discomfort that people are getting and really what works for the individual. Yeah, and I think that's the joy in, in getting a sample pack sent out because they'll get a sample of toothpaste, they'll get a sample of gel, they'll get a sample of mouth rinse so they can try the different things and see what works for them. And there's a really amazing lip balm as well. So if they're really suffering with dry lips, often it can be really useful as well. And again, it's enzyme based, so it lasts a long time on the lips. That's fantastic. Honestly, I, this is something obviously I knew about dry mouth syndrome, but I didn't know. There's so many things I've learned. I didn't know that that why we need what saliva's got in it I kind of thought it was just there to sort of keep your mouth moist I didn't realize it was like such a sort of a healing thing but um also just to know that there are so many products out there to help people who've got this I'd love to thank you both for your time um it's been really interesting talking to you and I really hope that the information um that we've discussed today is going to help some of our patients out there who who have this so thank you both so much for your time thanks for inviting us along and I hope everyone has a lovely Christmas For information, support and advice, including how to check your own mouth, look up hncf.org.uk or follow us on socials, search HNCF.